Jacob, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Drew. But wouldn't more already disappear out of the holodeck? I think the only thing holographic is your brain. No, you fool, we're going to review an animated uh, movie on this here podcast. Brilliant! No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Why would anybody want to listen to geek, two geeks like us? Because, you fool, these people have uh, are so very easily entertained. Okay, Drew. Nerf! Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me is a man that if you get him too close to Scooby Snacks, he'll chew that up faster than a chicken hawk in a coop full of crippled roosters, Jacob. Why, thank you. And I'd like to introduce our co-host, a man who just had to go turbo. Welcome, Drew. Is it turbo to want more out of life? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. They claim it is in the movie, and I don't know. Anyway, how are you doing today, Jacob? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Work's been pretty good. Uh, Life goes on. Life goes on and be like, just be lear- you know, learning to live within those. Mm-hmm. And yeah, are doing, uh, trying to do more art commissions. And uh, I've got a little bit of a, either way, either way, life's going pretty good. How about you? Oh, it's going pretty good. I've uh, been a, a, a pretty tough week, but nothing I can't survive. Right. So I- uh, what have you been watching? Uh, Dilly squat, actually. <laughs> it, it, I've had, I've really haven't had a chance to really watch anything except for the uh, film in question. And no, I can't, I can't say that for for fact. I did watch a uh, trailer for a a piece of news, which I'll bring up later. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks interesting. It looks interesting, and there again, it kind of arcs back to my childhood and your childhood. Um, and so, yeah, kind of interested in what that. Pray tales, so I'll get that into the news later on. All right. But what have you been watching? Well, a little bit of Phineas and Ferb, a little bit of Star Wars, you know, my normal stuff. Yeah. I did go get a chance to go see The Call of the Wild yeah. Saturday. That was a good movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the dog's facial expressions you can tell had to have been animated or they were digitally oh, messed yeah. with, but it's actually done really well half the time you can't it, 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 the entire time it looks like a real dog okay don't get me wrong but you can tell they uh there must have been some computer animation to make to do some of the facial uh emotive what sort i'm looking for uh expression expressions i guess yeah uh because they're not the kind that dogs normally no make, no, no 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 but they work so well get you in, get, getting you inside the head of this character who of course doesn't talk yeah but is also the main character of the movie yeah so, he, he has to somehow emote yeah he has to emote and admittedly while a dog does do a good job of emoting this makes it a little bit easier to kind of see what it, what's actually kind of going through his mind it works very well it's a very good movie okay. highly suggest it all right we'll do all right. I'll catch you I'll catch you the next available free time I have. Which is when, because I know what our schedule looks like. <laughs> That'll and, probably be like Thursday or something like that. One uh, of those one of those downtimes I have. Maybe. No, wait a minute. No. Bible Captain, study Thursday. Thursday. Never mind. Never mind. I don't know when I'm gonna Saturday? Gonna Saturday, a possibility. Eh, we'll say it doesn't matter. Yeah, probably Saturday. But yeah. That's, Either way. Uh, that's what I've been. Uh, what we got in the news? Ah, so what do we have in the news? Bob replaces Bob as CEO. 
Okay. Okay. So to give it a little more context, the board of directors of Walt, the Walt Disney Company broke the news Tuesday that they have named a new CEO in uh, Bob Champet, Champet, Clampet, Chapek. Chapek. Okay. I think it's Chapek. Okay, we'll Do go. Not quote me. Okay, I'll go with Chapek. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bob Chapek uh, will become the new chief executive officer, effective immediately. Champek, uh, who moved in the moved in the moved in the post after serving as chairman of Disney um, Disney Parks Experience and Products. Uh, uh, is replacing uh, longtime chairman and CEO Bob Iger, who will continue to continue to direct the company's creative endeavors and lead the board of executive chairman through the end of his contract on December thirty first, two thousand twenty one. Okay. All right. So another another bit of news and the little the little trailer I saw earlier bringing mm-hmm. up to that Netflix and Hasbro. In partnership with Rooster Tea, released our first teaser trailer of the first chapter of the highly anticipated Transformers War on Cybertron trilogy, uh, which was released uh, during the New York Toy Fair. The series is set to premiere exclusively on Netflix, um, raising the stakes of the battle between the Autobots and the Decepticons, with uh, chapter one having a 22... Uh, Having six 22 episodes. 22 minute episodes? Yeah, t- thank you. 22, 22 minute episodes. I'm trying to talk too fast. Yes, you can slow down. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, complete with new animation, look, and style that presents the bots via like presents the bots in a way you've never seen before. Like Ruby. Like Ruby. Pretty much. Pretty much. Which I'm, sh- I'm sure it's going to look fine. And you saw it. I mean, how does it look to you? It looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. Uh, I've seen the toys. They're they're a little bit different. And obviously, this is more before they came to Earth. So they still yeah. have the Cybertronian modes. So mm-hmm. they look a little different. Right. And I've looked at the cast and be like, I was kind of sad that you didn't get a, you know get some of your original voice actors come back. But yeah, if Rooster Teeth is handling the production, though, I would suspect it's most of their people probably 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 all right so going which means it's being made in texas ah yeah that's right because they're just down in austin that's right all right so going into box office for february 21st to the 22nd of 2020 uh we have there again the blue blur is in number one as sonic the hedgehog as as captured the number one seat our number one goal for for this week, making it second week uh, on top, its weekend gross was uh, $26.2 million. Mm-hmm. Its total gross for the last two weekends have been $106.5 million. Mm-hmm. And that is followed relatively closely by The Call of the Wild and Birds of Prey. So, yeah, looks like a little... Blue Hedgehog Friend is doing very well in theaters right now. Alrighty then. That's all I've got. So let's move into the spoiler-free portion of our review for the movie Wreck-It Ralph. I'm gonna wreck it. So, Jacob, what's your thoughts on this movie right quick? Uh, Which are spoiler-free, of course. Yes. Uh, to kind of give a little background, 
Uh, when I first heard in 2012 when this movie came out, I was not really interested at the time because I really wasn't there again. I didn't grow up watching uh, playing video games. I primarily watched them. So I saw this and I learned that the uh, the main actor who was playing Wrecker Ralph, who I'm not the biggest fan of, um, was playing our main character. And I was like, ah, no, nah, skip it. And mm-hmm. so when it came out, my sis- my brother and sister-in-law saw it and they were like, Jacob, why haven't you watched this? And so be like, I never got into watching the theaters. And then when it came to Blu-ray and DVD digital, they bought it and continued to say, but like Jacob, you need to watch this movie. So I did. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of, a lot of cameos and a lot of stuff that, uh, most gamers would probably get, and you would probably you probably have oh, a don't lo- worry. We'll have, a, have a lot more information in than the, I do in the spoiler section. We will touch on that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's an enjoyable movie that has just a lot of heart and a lot of joy, and uh, I enjoy the mess out of this film. Uh, what about you, Drew? When I first heard this was coming, I was a little worried because literally the way it was described to me was. It's going to be Toy Story, but with video games. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, how on earth is that going to work? Yeah. that's what, I heard the same thing. Yeah. So it's like, I still wanted to go see it because it's like, okay, A, Disney is making a video game movie. I owe it to myself to carve out some time and go watch this. Right. Because I'm a big video game nerd. Yeah. I watched, I've played a lot of video games. I've played a lot of the games that show up in this movie. Kingdom Hearts. That doesn't show up in this movie. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I went in with low expectations like I do with most movies. Right. This was a little lower than normal because I was thinking, okay, it's another video game movie. They're going to mess it up because they're going to think you have to do these certain things for mm-hmm. a video game movie. And this, instead of making a movie first that happens to be a video related to video games, they're going to make a video game movie. And, you know, video game movies just aren't normally yeah. that good. Yeah. I didn't want, I watched maybe one trailer and it was the one that showed off uh, Ralph and Vanellope uh, meeting for the first time. Yeah. That didn't impress me at yeah. the time yeah it's like i don't know what's going on i had no context for the scene is what it came down to i just heard john c Riley and sarah silverman talking to each other yeah through a big guy and a little girl yeah none of that really appealed to me at the it's, time it's understandable but i went to go watch it anyway because it's like oh, video game movie disney makes good stuff uh we'll go see how this is and I was thoroughly blown away. There are, it is, it, you can tell the people who made the movie yeah. are very, they're big video game nerds themselves. Oh, yeah. There's so many little things, so many little cameos here and there, too many to even list. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was like someone, the best way I know how to explain it, is someone took my imagination of these video games as a, when I was a child and decided to put it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. That is the best, because it's like, this is in my mind how these all come together. It's, I, I just thoroughly love this movie. It's right, it is still my favorite Disney movie. 
Oh, really? Yes. This is my top of the list. Oh, okay. Uh, nothing has surpassed it yet. Now, of course, I'm talking about, you know, the, the, the Walt Disney Animation Studios stuff. Pixar stuff is a separate list. Okay. But this is still one of my favorite. This is still my favorite just because this is a movie that was aimed squarely at me. Yeah. And they didn't miss. That's the best way I know how to put it. Okay. So, uh, if that doesn't tell you whether or not you need to go watch the movie, uh, nothing will. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I'm go- we're going to... Go watch it. Yeah, go watch it. Uh, we're going to move into our spoiler-filled section. So, if you don't want to be spoiled on the movie, if you haven't seen it, or just want to go watch it again before you finish, uh, go ahead and pause here, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Wreck-It Ralph. Listener discretion is advised. Wreck-It Ralph was written and directed by Rich Moore. He was the director and writer on Zootopia. And apparently, way back in the 1980s, he was the writer on Mighty Mouse The New Adventures. Really? Yeah. Huh. Or he was a writer. Yeah. Uh, it was re- also written by uh, Phil Johnston, who uh, was the writer and director, f- who also wrote and direct. Okay, obviously, Richmore also would go on to direct Ralph Breaks the Internet, mm-hmm. right? Write and direct that as well. Uh, Phil Johnston also, of course, wrote and direct Ralph Breaks the Internet, and he wrote the screenplay for Zootopia. Ah, uh, Jim Reardon was also a writer on Zootopia and on Wall E. Oh, okay. And uh, Jennifer Lee was a writer on Frozen and Frozen 2. She wrote the screenplay for this one. Oh, okay. Uh, the music was by Henry Jackman. Mm-hmm. He wrote all, has also written the music for Ralph Breaks the Internet. Mm, yes. Pokemon Detective Pikachu, the two more recent Jumanji movies, and Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Good soundtrack. Oh, yes. In the cast, we've got John C. Riley playing mm-hmm. Wreck-It Ralph. He played uh, Corman Day in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. And uh, Hank Marlowe in Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Silverman plays uh, Vanellope Von Schweetz. And uh, she didn't have a lot of big stuff, believe it or not, but I know she was a comedian on Comedy Central for a long time. Oh, yeah. She, she has a lot of bit parts in that. Yeah, she had her own show for a number mm-hmm. of years, and she's you know primarily known for comedian. Yeah. Comedic. That's primarily what she does. She's yes. had some acting credits, but a lot of them are as herself mm-hmm. and, or as obvious cameos and stuff. That's not really big roles. This is, as far as I can tell, her biggest role. Yeah. Uh, Jack McBrayer plays Fix-It Felix. He played... Uh, sorry, I just got a notification that distracted me. <laughs> uh, he, he played uh, Irving Dubois... Du Bois, D U B O I S. I know it's French. Du Bois, Du Bois. Okay. Uh, Jack McBrayer played Fix It Felix uh, Junior. He, yeah, Fix It Felix Junior. I did leave out the Junior. Yes. So he plays Fix It Felix Junior. In uh, Phineas and Ferb, he plays Irving Du Bois, and apparently his most famous role is playing Kenneth Parcel in Thirty Rock. That's what I keep hearing. But I've never watched Thirty Rock, Me so I don't either. know. Uh. Jane Lynch played Sergeant Calhoun. Uh huh. She's most famous for playing Sue Sylvester in Glee. Mm-hmm. That's the lady that's always yelling at them on the covers yes. of Glee 
box DVD, uh, box sets. She and, played like the gym instructor or something Yeah, like that. something like that. It was like the teaching instructor for the Glee Club, I think. I didn't watch Glee. Me either. I didn't. So, those of you who have watched Glee, tell us how stupid we are. <laughs> no, uh, stupid we are. Just like educate us on this exactly. show. I don't have no idea about this movie. Right. Show. So, uh, she also played Mrs. Johnson in Phineas and Ferb. Oh, okay. Uh, Alan Tudyk plays King yeah. Candy, yes. a.k.a. Since we are in the spoiler section... Turbo. Turbo. Uh, he is also K two S O in Star Wars Rogue One, Wash in Firefly, mm-hmm. Poor Wash. Sunny in iRobot, and in Ralph Breaks the Internet, he plays Knows More. That's the search right. engine. Yeah, and he's played a lot. Like ever since uh, Record Ralph, he mm-hmm. has played. So no, no, no. Uh, I, I believe Frozen. he's. I believe he's also the chicken in uh, Moana. Yeah, he was also in. Uh, he was Frozen. He was. Um, What's his name? Um, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm drawing a blank. I know we're te- we're terrible animation uh, guys, not knowing what characters' names are. And I didn't write that. I didn't get down that far in the list, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Weaseltown. Weas- Wesselton. 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 <laughs> Weaseltown. It's always gonna be Weaseltown. Yeah, it's always gonna be Weaseltown. All right. Um, yeah, he's he's played so many characters now in Disney. Mm-hmm. It's not even funny. Uh, Mindy Kaling played Taffeta Mutton Fudge. She played uh, Disgust in Inside Out. Oh, okay. And uh, on The Office, she played Kelly Kapoor. Hmm. You ever watch The Office? No. You should. It's fun. Uh, Joe Lotuglio. I am sorry. I'm probably messed that name up completely. My apologies. Uh, he played Markowski. Ah. And uh, the big he played the character of O'Reilly in the movie Paul. I haven't watched the movie, but that's the one where uh, I think it's... Oh, shoot. What is that guy's name? Plays Scotty in the new Star Trek. Um, Simon Pegg. Yeah. It's a Simon Pegg movie. Oh, okay. Uh, where they find the alien that crash-landed at Area 51. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, apparently in the movie Wet Hot American Summer, he played Neil. These are his two biggest roles. Okay. Besides, obviously, this movie. Uh, Ed O'Neill plays Mr. Litwack, the owner of the arcade. Yeah. Uh, he's most famous for playing Al Bundy in Married with Children. Really? Yeah. Okay. Also in Finding Dory, he played Hank. Okay. Uh, Dennis Haysbert played General Hologram. He's famous for playing President David Palmer in the show 24. But you probably know him better as the current spokesman for Allstate Insurance. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Edie McClurg played Mary, one of the Nicelanders. In fact, I'm in the Nicelander section of this for a okay, bit. Okay, gotcha. Um, in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, she played the car rental agent. But I mainly know her from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where she played the secretary, Grace. Ah. In one of the funniest movies I have ever watched. But anyway, we'll not get into that right now. Yeah, one of those movies I need to watch. Oh, yes. Uh, Raymond S. Percy played both Gene and uh, the zombie at the very beginning. Oh, of the movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Zootopia, he played Flash and Officer Higgins. Okay. It wasn't a big role. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a while since I've seen Zootopia. That's right, that's right. Yeah. But uh, that was actually the biggest, na- biggest thing I saw in there because he's actually an animator, I believe. And this was another, uh, this was a cameo part for him. Oh, okay. And I think this is a cameo part that the Zootopia roles are cameos in that movie. Um, 
Jess Harnell played Don. Did you catch the name I said? Jess Harnell okay. played Don. And he's most famous for playing Wacko Warner in Animaniacs. <laughs> Rachel Harris played Deanna. And the biggest thing I saw on hers is that in the movie Diary of a Wimpy Kid, she played Susan Hefley. Okay. Uh, Skylar Skylar Aston played Roy, and apparently he was the character Jesse in uh, Pitch Perfect. Okay. Never seen it. Adam Carolla played Winchell, one of the uh, donut cops. Oh, yeah. And uh, he played Commander Nebula in Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Okay. Uh, Horatio Sands played Duncan, the other guy. Oh, wow. Okay. The other donut guy. Make sure I didn't know that. His name is Duncan. <laughs> uh, the puns, the puns. And I feel really sorry for this guy because in the, in the movie The Bachelorette, he played barely attractive guy. Ow. However, he did go on to play uh, Mithral in The Mandalorian. Oh, okay. If you've seen that first episode, that's the guy The Mandalorian uh, has the bounty on at the very beginning of the show. Oh, okay. The one who hoped to make it home for Life Day. And didn't. Uh, Maurice LaMarche played uh, the Root Beer Tapper in the well, the game Root Beer Tapper. Uh, he is famous for playing the Brain in Pinky and the Brain and, and Animaniacs. And in the movie Zootopia, he plays Mr. Big. I believe he was the big gang leader. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Stephanie Scott played the girl that's at the arcade. Uh, oh yeah, the, the, uh, the little blonde hair, the blonde hair uh, girl. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is credited as Moppet Girl. Moppet Girl. Okay, I'm guessing that must be the hairstyle. I guess. I guess. Or I don't know. I don't know. But uh, in Jim and the Hologram, she played Kimber. Okay. Are we talking about the live action? The or live just... action one. Okay, the one that no one saw. <laughs> yes. Uh, John DiMaggio plays Beard Papa. That is the character's name. Okay. And apparently he did not was not created for uh, Wreck-It Ralph. He was a other character they put in to play the guard there at the cart making factory. Oh yeah. He's uh pop he is a He's famous of course for playing Bender in Futurama. Okay. He played Waka in Final Fantasy X. And he is this week's Kingdom Hearts reference. Surprise, as, surprise. As he played the character Jacoby in Kingdom Hearts 2. Now, I had to look this one up. <laughs> you had to go deep and wide. I did not world. know what on earth a Jacoby was. Because I was confused at first. Because, uh, like I said, he played Waka in Final Fantasy X. But he doesn't play Waka in Kingdom Hearts. That's D. Bradley Baker. Right. So I had to look up who on earth Jacoby was. He's one of the undead pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. I didn't know any of those guys besides Jeffrey Rush's character had names. Huh. But apparently they do. Interesting. And his name was Jacoby. Jacoby didn't know. Jacoby. And then we get to our directors again, who had cameos as, uh, Rich Moore had a cameo as Sour Bill and Zangief. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. And Phil Johnston played the Surge Protector. I love that character. Nobody else does. <laughs> no one else does. But like, <laughs> hey, he's the guy doing his job. That's all. That's all I'm doing, sir. Is doing yeah. my job. And you got to stop stealing all those cher- those cherries from Batman. Yeah. So, uh, what's the box office on this movie look like? All right. 
So the movie was obviously produced by our production was under Walt Disney Animation. It was distributed, obviously, again, by uh, blah. I'm I'm my Buen- words are failing me. Buena Vista. <laughs> or is you just going to say Disney? Yeah, Walt Disney. <laughs> Nobody's going to know Buena Vista. Yeah. Okay. Distributed by Buena Vista, a.k.a. the Walt Disney Company. Uh, it was, there was, its release date was November 2nd, 2012. It had an estimated budget of $165 million. Its opening weekend, U.S., was... 49 mil, 49 million and that was on November 4th 2012 its US gross was 189.4 million dollars and its worldwide gross was 471.2 million dollars so yeah it definitely made its it made its budget and everything else back yeah so, yeah, that's all I've got when it comes to box office and all that jazz. All right. Well, here's the synopsis for the movie. Ralph, specifically Wreck-It Ralph, is a character in a video game, mm-hmm. but not just any type of character. He's the main boss mm-hmm. in the game, Fix-It Felix Jr., but, he's, but this role for the past 30 years has not really been very fulfilling. Yeah. And so uh, he decides after... Uh, the the people in his game throw their 30th anniversary party and don't even bother to invite them. Yeah. That uh he's, he's going to go up there and talk to them and they have this big fight and it eventually comes down to if uh, he can win a medal then they'll they'll let him, you know, live in the penthouse. Yeah. So Ralph bursts out uh, leaves angrily says and goes to get his medal but he's not sure where he's going to go. Well, he comes across this guy named Markowski in the back room of Root Beer Tappers. Right. And uh, he's going a bit crazy. He's from this new game that just got plugged in. And uh, he's got a little bit of post-traumatic stress disorder. Just just a little bit. Just a touch. Bugs! (laughs) Yeah. And so uh, in the middle of that exchange, Ralph finds out that if you climb the building in in Markowski's game, you win a medal. Well, Ralph climbs buildings every day of his life how's this gonna be any different yeah so he runs he steals markowski's uh armor power armor yeah and goes into his game hero's duty hero's duty yes while he is no not in his game however uh a girl comes up to play it and of course without him there the game doesn't work yeah so uh she gets mr litwack the arcade's owner to look at it and he says well if I can't get it fixed, I'm going to have to put it out. So he puts a big orange piece of paper on mm-hmm. it that says out of order, which scares everybody and gets Fix-It Felix Jr., the game's, that game's protagonist, to go out and find his buddy. Yeah. Or the guy who really should be his buddy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they find out from Qbert where he's gone because Ralph ran into Qbert on the way uh-huh. to Hero's Duty. Ralph, meanwhile, in Hero's Duty, is finding out that video games are not... Modern-day video games are not the cute, fun arcade games of 30 years ago. They're pretty scary. They are hexcapes. <laughs> uh, he ends up causing our our girl, our arcade girl, to lose $2 worth of quarters. 
because he got scared and got in the way of the sh- of the, the bro- first place he broke shooter. The, he broke the rule, the first rule of Hero's Duty, which is not uh, no no ifs, no buts, no coconuts. It is don't mess with the first person shooter. Well, he decides he ain't gonna put up with this again, so he just goes ahead and climbs the building while everybody else is going back to get ready for round two with somebody else playing the game. Right. He climbs this giant building, gets up there, and he's in a room filled with eggs. But in the center of the room is the metal. So he quietly tiptoes over there, gets the metal, activates the end game cutscene. And while he's kind of, you know, filled with his, you know, hubris and everything, he steps on an egg. And in the ensuing chaos, accidentally launches himself out of the out of Hero's duty with the cybug with the cybug, past both Sergeant Calhoun, the sergeant that is in charge, who's in charge of Hero's duty, and Fix of Felix Jr., who had tracked him down to Hero's duty, blows past them, flies down the power cord through the surge protector, through another power cord, and ends up in the candy coated cart uh, uh, racer by the whack a mole called sugar rush and in that ensuing chaos he gets the uh shut the escape pod explodes mm-hmm. launching him the cybug and the metal out over king out over the countryside well the cybug appears to have died in a puddle of uh liquid candy because i can't candy. think of what candy that yeah. is <laughs> some liquid purple candy yeah he died a purple death. Very well. We think he died yeah, a purple death. We think death. Uh, Ralph lands in chocolate because he hates chocolate. Well, tell you he didn't land in chocolate. He'd be like, he saw his metal. He went after well, I mean, the metal. He cra- he- when he crashed, I think he landed in chocolate, didn't he? No. Oh, well, anyway, I was wrong there. But I just saw this yesterday. <laughs> but yeah, he did st- see his metal at the top of this big candy cane tree. Uh-huh. So he starts climbing. And about halfway up, a little girl says, starts talking to him. And pretty much calling him out that he's not from around here. And as she's giving him a hard time, she happens to look up and sees uh, the metal hanging from the top limb. And she thinks it's a gold coin. Gold coin's exactly what she needs to enter the random roster race uh, so that she can, you know, be a, be a racer, which is yeah. what she wants. So she gets up there, steals it, runs off, and Ralph's now running after her. Uh, this is where we first learn the first rule of candy trees. And that is don't touch double stripe. Yeah. Because it disappears. Um, so Ralph chases her to the racetrack. We meet King Candy, mm-hmm. who very much likes the color pink for some reason that I'll touch on here in a minute. And uh, she gets the thing and she secretly gets the coin and the, the coin in there. And uh, so Ralph chases her down, finds out what's going on. And uh, finds out she's living in a dump. Mm-hmm. And uh, if she wants to win, if he, he wants his coin back, she has to win the race. Yeah. She doesn't have a cart to win the race. So they go to a mini game that will get that, which they can bake a cart yeah. that they can use. And of course, Ralph being a wrecker, things don't go quite as yeah, planned. He kind of wrecks things. The car that comes out, despite being a little uh, eccentric, yeah. let's say, she loves it. Oh, so yeah. So they sign it, they escape. They get back to her secret uh, Dr. Pepper Mountain Lair, and uh, or it's not diet. It's not Dr. Pepper. It's just Diet Cola. Yeah, Diet Cola. Diet Cola Lair, and she doesn't actually know how to race. Yeah, she doesn't even know how to operate the cart. 
So they figure she they figure out how to get she figures out how to operate the cart, but and she calls herself a racer. But she's suffering apparently. But but thing is, here's the problem: she's a glitch. Yeah, she glitches out every time she tries to do stuff, and she doesn't quite have the glitch under control. Yeah. So uh, since King Candy can't find where they are, he figures out a trick. He thinks he can lure Ralph out and get Ralph to do his dirty work mm-hmm. if he can get the coins. So he goes into the game's code by using the Konami code. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Gets into the game's code, is able to get the coin out of the the cup onto his inventory. Yeah. And he gets there. He finds Ralph. Tells him this whole spiel about why he claims he won't let he doesn't want her to race because... As a glitch, she can't leave her game. If she starts glitching out, people think the game is broken. If people think the game is broken, it's going to be put out of order. They're going to unplug the game. Everyone else, while it's going to be crud that they are losing their homes, they at least will survive. But she can't leave the game, so yeah. she won't survive. Yeah. It's the, is his idea. And this causes Ralph afterwards to, to help her as best he can go back to his base residence and he destroys her cart. Yeah. And he goes back, now that he's got his medal, he goes back to his own game and sees the sorry state of affairs his game is in because he wasn't there. And as he's mad at himself, angry at himself, he decides, forget this. He throws the medal against the CRT, the the backside of the CRT monitor, causing the paper to slide down a little. And strangely enough, he sees Vanellope on the side of the arcade cabinet. Mm-hmm. of sugar rush really and that brings a thought to his mind and uh my favorite quote one of my favorite quotes from this movie what's going on in this candy coated heart of darkness which i didn't realize how close to how much of a great line that is oh yeah because this is essentially the basically what happens at the in apocalypse now yeah pretty much <laughs> Which I did not realize until after I'd watched Apocalypse Now and then watched this. Ah. So he gets there, gets Sour Bill to tell him what's going on. Uh, he takes Fix It Felix by this point has not only uh, fallen in love with Sergeant Calhoun, mm-hmm. gotten himself kicked out of the shuttle because he was scaring her to, to pieces because she suffers from one of the worst, most tragic backstories in video game history. As the one day she didn't do a perimeter check was her wedding day. The bugs got, uh, broke into the church and ate her husband. Nom, 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 nom. Which is pretty sad. Yeah. And every time he and he as he's falling in love with her, she's he's reminding her of her ex fiance. Yeah. Didn't quite get to the husband's stage. Ex fiance. And so she can't stand it. So she tells him to get out. And she, at the very least, she delivers him to King Candy's castle. Yeah. They get, uh, he goes in, says, I'm looking for Ralph. Sour Bill says, should have uh, locked him up when we had the chance. Not risking it with you. And he just throws Fix-It Felix down into the fungin. Fungin? Well, Ralph finds Felix. I kind of did some of that out of order. My apologies. But Ralph finds Felix, realize, and because he knows if there's one person who can help Ralph fix What's going on, it's going to be Felix. Yeah. Because Felix has, as part of his game programming, has a magic camera that automatically fixes stuff. Mm-hmm. So they fix the cart. They break Vanellope out of the, her cell on the fungeon. Mm-hmm. They get her ready. And the, the random roster race is getting ready to go again. And uh, they get her going on the race. Uh, Sergeant Calhoun 
finally catches up with him and says, we got to get out of here. There are cybugs everywhere underneath underneath the uh, the, the sugar-coated planes. And the reason she couldn't detect it, even with her big thing, is because the, all the sugar in the air was screwing up her uh, sensor readings. Yes. And sure enough, as the race is going, as Vanellope is passing up every single racer in the race, she uh, the cybugs start showing up and busting out of the ground to try and eat Sugar Rush. Everything. Well, as they're going through this tunnel, uh, King Candy and Vanellope kind of get into a bit of a tussle because they're, you know, one car is pushing the other cart down the road and Vanellope starts glitching again, which causes the code to glitch out on King Candy a bit and reveals, and reveals that he is actually Turbo. Turbo was a, was an, a, an old racing game that was very popular in the arcade back when it first opened, but when a new game came in, Turbo was kind of left in the dust. Turbo didn't like that, so he went to that game, ended up screwing that up, caused both of those games to get taken out, and that's why a horror, that's why it's called when someone does something that will has the possibility it's not not going by the program mm-hmm. going to uh, cause the game staff to be unplugged. It's called going turbo. We won't get into Rick, uh, Ralph breaks the internet no. on this tonight, but let's just say later on they do kind of break the rules. Anyway, yeah. Vanellope, uh, Vanellope is real, realizing Turbo is uh, realizing that King Candy is actually Turbo uh, is able to is there. She's being plowed straight into uh, an obstruction that where you have to go. You're supposed to drive around. Yeah, but they're going straight for it, and she's able to glitch. She's able to control her glitch to glitch past it and uh, at, and busts out head of speed in front of uh, King Candy. Well, as King Candy's getting ready to come out of the uh, cave, a giant cybug drops out of the sky and eats him. Nom, nom, nom. So you're thinking, okay, that wasn't great, but maybe we don't need to worry about him. Maybe and if that's true, you've never played a video game. game. <laughs> Ever heard of the main boss? Well. That was to say, that wasn't even his final form. Right. So she's coming down the straightaway. She's coming up on the finish line. Cybugs start exploding out of the ground. Uh, they start eating the finish line. There's no way. The whole place is going to go to poop. So they run to the exit, try to get out, try to save everybody. But of course, the exit doesn't let Vanellope out. Ralph knows. Uh, she's she can't survive if they can't find a way to stop all these cybugs. Well, Calhoun says, "Well, if we had a beacon, we could at least uh, if we had a, there's no way to stop all these cybugs without a beacon." Yeah. Well, Ralph remembers when he was in the Dr Pepper, the, the Diet Cola cave that had Mentos in the ceiling. That every time one of those Mentos fell into the boiling uh, liquid, uh, caused a bit of an explosion. A little bit. So he steals Calhoun's glider, glides up to the top of the of Mount Soda, or whatever it's called, yeah, and starts pounding away on the Mentos, trying to get it to drop, drop down into the lava, even though this will kill him. Well, before he's able to get the last punch in, King Candy shows back up, and now he's a big giant bug monster, and says, Welcome to the boss level! <laughs> And he carries Ralph up into the sky, and Ralph's doing his best to get away. And uh, he sees, you know, the cybugs are, are coming up the, the bridge up to the exit. And of course, while everyone else is able to get out, Vanellope is not able to leave. 
and King Candy says, oh, look, your little friend's going to die. Let's watch. It's, it's, it's going to be the end for both of you. And he says, no, just for me. And he busts out of King Candy's grip and falls towards uh, the Mentos. This is a weird sentence. <laughs> it is. Falls towards the Mentos, says the bad guy affirmation, which is, I'm bad, and that's good. I will never be good, and that's not bad. There, there's no one I'd rather be than me. And he punches the entire thing of Mentos down into the mountain. As the Mentos are falling, Vanellope uh, happens to see what's going on. She's able to glitch past all the cybugs, gets in someone's leftover cart. I didn't see whose, because it's not hers. Yeah. Drives to uh, Cola Mountain. Drives up the ramp and is able to save Ralph in just the nick of time. The Mentos fall into the doctor into the cola. The cola erupts, acting just like the beacon in Hero's Duty. All the cybugs are pulled towards the light, just as bugs are wont to do, oh, yeah. including King Candy. But King Candy is fighting it like nobody's business. But because he's now part cybug, he's part of Kinda his code is drawn to, to that too. And he goes out in a giant cola gusher fireball thing. Yeah. They're able to fix the finish line, push Vanellope past the uh, thing. She The game resets. Everyone's code, everyone's memories come back, and she turns into a princess. But that's not really her. She's thinking more of a constitutional democracy. The president. Res- president Vanellope Von Schweetz has a nice ring to it. Yes. So, uh, everything is saved. Uh, Calhoun and Fix-It Felix Jr. get married. And no cybugs attacked this time, thankfully. Yes. And uh, uh, Ra- Ralph's life got better because they took a lot of the bricks in his dump that he was living in this whole, mm-hmm. the whole time. And built some little house and all and a bunch of of uh, buildings for the uh, the Cubert yeah. uh, villains. Nice land, not not nice landers. But, you know, but the nice landers help build uh, yeah. things for all the Cubert villains. Uh, but it, correct me if I'm wrong. They're not in their game, and no. if you die outside of your game, you die permanently. Yeah, that's so. Little... Putting them in the bonus levels really doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. But I will let that go. Yeah. Um, and the, the movie ends. With Ralph being hoisted over the Nicelanders' heads, he's able to see Penelope racing, and the the kids love her. And he says, if a girl like that can like me, how bad can I be? Yeah. And then I geek out for about ten minutes as we see a bunch of video game screens with characters in them. Everything from uh, Sonic the Hedgehog running through uh, Chemical Plant Zone to uh, all the characters beating up... uh, the car from street fighter and i will go into too much if i keep going but anyway that's the synopsis for this movie all right good deal the long synopsis long synopsis anyway it's a synopsis yes (laughs) do you mind if i keep going and give my first like go ahead all righty my first like is every single video game reference in this movie of course (laughs) and and not just talking about the cameos because i mean you do have Characters from Street Fighter, you specifically see uh, Zangief, uh, Ryu, and Ken, along with uh, characters from Dance Dance Revolution, characters from... Uh, what, Noblanca? 
the block is in there but he's at the very end yeah um you see characters from sonic the hedgehog you you see bowser you see uh Characters that are kind of based on characters, but they legally aren't those yeah. characters. Uh, you even see Pong, of all things, even though it's kind of hard to say, and that's that's needed the copyright license. But anyway, right. But it's not just it's not just these cool cameos. that's like okay, that's cool. No, no, it's the fact that in okay, so the game the movie takes place in three different games. Yeah. You got uh, Felix Fix It Felix Junior, which is an old eight bit block pixel game right and while they're in there all the characters are fully lit just like they would on this on that on the screen and all of the all the effects are blocks because it's pixel the big pixels like you would see it on the screen that's cool then you get to hero's duty the only game in which you they use dynamic lighting on all the characters yes so you get the that's rendered the way those games would be rendered and then you get to uh sugar rush which is pretty much a gamecube game gamecube era game okay so the uh the graphics aren't exactly you know amazing yeah but they're still you know pretty good you know they're not heroes duty they're their own thing and it works and the fact that they switch those art styles to match what would have been the technical limitations of when those quote-unquote games would have been made yeah i find amazing first thing second thing the storyline is a standard video game storyline. They actually do the whole thing. You got three levels, yeah. in essence. Your boss has three forms. <laughs> Four, if you want to count the glitching back and forth between Turbo and King Candy. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, it ends with a giant boss fight atop a giant coliseum. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, you get that, and that's cool. Uh so many times dirt in the in sugar rush when they are when they first get to the at the very beginning when the racers first drive up to the fin- to the start line yeah and when they get actually get ready to start the race an hour later in the movie yeah you get the cool little uh at, always moving camera like you see in Mario Kart yeah uh it, when they when they're setting up to get ready for the race and then when king candy jumps into his cart and the camera zooms back up around him. That is happens in Mario Kart also. Oh yeah. And he even had a character burnout because they hit the, they hit the boost too early. <laughs> and I'm looking at that and just going, okay, that is hilarious. That was. Funny. And most people will not catch that. Uh, to the point where they even have the boxes that are kind of like the item boxes in the race uh, in Mario Kart. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. And of course, the track is as long as in 64's Rainbow Road. Yeah. And it even has a Rainbow Road-like segment. Uh, and they even shoot out of a cannon about halfway through, because that happens in Mario Kart also. It's just all these little quick little video game things are so awesome. They know their, they knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They knew their references, and they put it together. And there's even the graffiti in the search in the oh, yeah, Grand that's Central fun. Station. Yeah. You get things like Shenlong was here. Most people don't know what Shenlong is. You get... Uh, Eris lives, uh huh, which is hilarious. <laughs> it's not. It's it's both not hilarious and hilarious at the same time. Agreed. Um, and of course, you got all the the fact that he's able to bring the cherries from Pac Man and take it into the game. Of course, he gives it to Cubert, and Cubert talks in Cubertese, yeah, just like he did in the game. And it's 
I can geek out about this for a long time. I can tell. I'm trying not to, but all these video game references that aren't necessary. You don't need to know any of these references to enjoy the movie. Mm -hmm. But it's just, if you'll pardon the pun, it's the icing on top of the cake. Okay. And then you get the Oreos. Oreo. Oreo. All the candy references when they get to Sugar Rush, which I can defend, actually, because it does make sense. But we'll not go into that at the moment. All right. So, yeah, what's your first like now that I've geeked out for a long time? (laughs) All right. All right. So my number one, and I titled it like this for a reason. This is an Uncle Walt's kind of Disney movie. No, it's not. (laughs) And I've I've heard that phrase used quite a bit when it comes to this film because there's so much of the the Pixar element within it that Mm -hmm. it has be like it feels it feels more like a Pixar film. Yeah. And it's its story approach and its character design and everything. But it still has that the fact that it's willing to use licensed characters. Yeah, exactly. And also be like how it still has that Disney magic behind it Mm -hmm. that be like you, you you find yourself fall you know falling for these characters and you know loving their be loving and dreading their situation and um it, it's 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 a very happy medium of both in mm-hmm. a way that we we get the uh, the Pixar storytelling and then you get the Disney magic behind that mm-hmm. and it's 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 a it's a perfect uh, amalgamation of a both and that's one of the things I do really enjoy about this film is that it, it has that that whimsical joy about it. Mm-hmm. That's my number one. What's your number two? My number two is the soundtrack. Oh, I, am leave, I left this separate from the video game references because there is a level of polish here that's even higher than that. I mean, you get great 8-bit chiptune music in the intro, mm-hmm. and you get... Uh, and when you get to ra- uh, Hero's Duty, it's kind yeah. of the dark brooding there's not really a soundtrack but there is music it's kind of that weird thing. yeah it's, it's kind of like very a dark mu- ambience ambience yeah it's more ambient music it's not really music music right and then you get to sugar rush oh that's just pop all over the place it's j-pop is what it is yeah to the point where the theme song s-u-g-a-r jump into your racing car and yeah. sugar rush is actually performed by A-K-B- akb48 a japanese idol group Oh, and okay. is sung, except for the chorus, completely in Japanese. You can only hear it when you get to the end credits. Yeah. But uh, it's, in fact, in Japan, the game is that the movie is actually called Sugar Rush. Really? Oh, yeah. I remember seeing right. that. Yeah, that's weird. Because, they, well, it's because it takes, I think there's a, a, a copyright issue with the name in Japan. Okay. Target Ralph. Sugar Rush, there was nothing, and that's really more of what they... That's really really more where the movie focuses itself is... That's true. ...in Sugar Rush. But the music there is... A, it's all... When you get to Sugar Rush, it's all orchestra. Mm-hmm. In a lot of parts of it, especially during the race, and it sounds like a Mario Kart race. Yeah. Just musically, so you've got that. And uh, then, of course, when you, if you get to the end credits after they do the the cool eight bit thing. And you got a, Oh, what is the name of that song? Just a matter of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're about. It's been fun, but now I've got Not to go. go that song. Yeah. And they're of course doing all the cool, you know, uh, eight, the, all, all the cool pixel art, there yeah. backgrounds. And, uh, 
if you start if you listen through there they play of course the sugar rush theme song again yeah and then a wreck it ralph theme song oh yeah that was pretty fun yeah which is kind of cool and uh this the whole soundtrack is great and i did just remember something now that i brought up the incredits that should be part of my video game references in the beginning of in my first part did you watch all the way to the last studio title card or did you turn it off before then have you ever seen the last studio title card for wreck it Ralph? i think so i think it glitches right yeah it this is a uber game reference okay in pac-man when you reach level 256 you hit the kill screen in the game it has a theoretical infinite number of levels but because it, it, the uh variable mm-hmm. that uh keeps track of what level you're on and yeah. how to draw all the little extra uh like the cherries those items yeah when it gets to uh 256 and the counter goes over it has to draw something to the effect of like a ton of those items all over the screens and it bypasses everything and it, the whole screen glitches out this is a reference to that the in title card is the movie's kill screen huh and I love that. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> that's, fascinating. And, and that's a reference no, most people will not understand. No. But I love it because I think it's hilarious. But yeah, sorry. I jumped back to my number one. But no, you're good. You're soundtrack good. is still my number two, and it's still great. Okay. Uh, my number two, you actually uh, touched on it um, very much in depth, was the, uh, the world building. The mm-hmm. world building and the fact that you have how each world is created, how... How its inhabitants work, the mechanics, mm-hmm. everything. Besides I, Sugar Rush, where that that that, well, that have, game was obviously hacked. No, no, but, no, 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 it was hacked. But I have theories. Okay, would you like to hear them? Sure, just why for not? fun. So you know how there's a lot of stuff that seems to be true in this game. Yeah, that has nothing to do with racing. Yeah, like there's a Laffy Taffy forest. Yeah, that there's no way a race car will ever get to. Yeah, there's. Uh, Uber detail. Uber de- more detail than a programmer would normally do for right. any video game. Right. My theory is it's based on an engine for a platformer game, and that's why all this stuff's in there. They copied the code over, so the code is still in there running live, even though the race cars don't need it. Huh. Makes sense. That's why it's all there, and that's and the reason why all the candy the uh, they have Nesquik sand and Laffy Taffy. Oh and yeah. Oreo guards and all that. That's probably because the game was partially financed by Nestle. <laughs> probably. Like, uh, oh, I can't think of the name of that game. Uh, I can't think of the name of the game. I think it's like Buzz or something like that. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's an Alien B game that Chuyo Pops helped do. And there's a whole level with nothing but Chuyo Pops in the background. Anyway, oh, okay. it's beside the point. Sorry, I interrupted. Continue with your number two. You're good. Uh, yeah, just the wor- the world building and the fact be like the, the point you went into. Like, there's so much in-depth backgrounds of like you know the uh like you just said like you mm-hmm. just said the uh, i love that kind of detail i love the kind of detail to where it's like okay you have all the inhabitants of sugar rush and their roles and mm-hmm. all the the nuances of how be like how every character is designed and it's the uh, basically the building blocks of how how the world is built and how um how the mechanics of the game works mm-hmm. and i enjoy that 
I enjoy that tremendously of how the creators and designers of the movie like spent that much time and detail into yeah. just making making this game seem like it would actually be a real game. Mm-hmm. And now, mind you, I would I don't know really know game uh, details or uh, all that jazz about right, it. Yeah. You, you don't play a lot of video games. Exactly. But I, I, I enjoy learning about it. I learn, mm-hmm. enjoy understanding it because it gives me a greater understanding of how these things are made. Yeah. So, and each game has its its own nuance, its own flavor, yeah. uh, as you will, of uh, Wrecker Ralph, obviously, is, is an old 8-bit game. Partially inspired by Donkey Kong. Yes. Yeah, obviously, be like Wrecker Ralph is inspired by... Donkey Kong himself. Donkey Kong himself. And, uh... Fix and Felix Jr., obviously, inspired by Mario. Yeah. Me, a Mario. Yeah, just... Although by video game logic, since the game is called Fix It Felix Junior, yeah, there it sh- that should may mean it's a sequel to a game called Fix It Felix. Yes, you would think, and we don't know what that game looks like. No, we don't. But I'm assuming it deals with Felix's dad, and that's where the magic hammer came from. Yes. And anyway, it was inherited by him. But the uh, and then you go into even more level of how the uh, how uh, Grind Social Terminal works, and mm-hmm. be like the design in this movie is phenomenal. Of how they make worlds out of power strips, yeah, and just all the all the other characters. Be like, even though we don't really visit a whole lot of the other games in the in the terminal, yeah, because we, we only get to see the inside of four games. Yeah, the fourth one being Pac Man, which I love that reveal that that's yes. where the, the that's meet- taking place. Yes, the Badenon meeting is taking place. <laughs> uh, but yeah. That's what, that's, and also, you got Clyde moving in the four directions he can move. He never moves diagonally. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. I can geek out more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm holding uh, I'm, myself back. I, I'm not surprised. I mean, like, the, the geek is probably going to be unleashed in a minute. Probably. Once we hit stop. Yes. But the, uh, yeah, it's the, the pure design essence of this film is phenomenal how much time how much effort how much love passion they put behind mm-hmm. the design and everything with this film is fantastic and i enjoy it tremendously what is your number three? Oh, my number three that's a very good question uh i guess it's just the logic behind the way the game works it's kind of what you were talking about but the fact that uh there are rules set in place about you know not going turbo Oh yeah, um, and uh, you know if you die outside of your game, you die for real. Oh yeah, and you die permanently. You don't regenerate, and uh, the fact that you can they can go into the surge protector and talk with one another and ha- spend time with each yeah. other. Apparently, they can also speak out over the speakers of their arcade cabinets because we see that happen too. Oh yeah, and. Uh, and it's the fact that all the arcade cabinets they show in there that are based on real arcade cabinets mm-hmm. are accurately replicated. Yeah. Accurately replicated. Very rep- accurately. And there's only... And, and that is how arcades would be set up. I can definitely see the owner of an arcade talking like... Especially when they're showing the outside of it, the uh, sign mm-hmm. for Litwax is using the Pac-Man font. Yeah, that's a cool thing. And then the little thing with the the sign underneath it, with that has the removable letters. The guy has apparently lost his U. 
<laughs> or has run out of use. So he had to spell happy birthday Susie as S-V-Z-Y. <laughs> that is a cool, weird little detail that... Agreed. Is, I want to say it's uh, ridiculous that they went to that much detail, but it shows you how much detail oh. went into this thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you've got the I, the Nicelanders having limited uh, animation movement because mm-hmm. the characters in the 2D form can't move that much because they're just background characters. They're yeah. not really meant to do much. Whereas Ralph and Felix are more uh, detailed. The fact that you've got... And I'm just getting back into video game references again. I'm sorry, yeah. but this is You're all good. kind of the same thing. When the... Uh, the Markowski uh, is running into the wall, and the movement oh, yeah, stays active because he's literally like just like he just ran into the wall. It's like just like in the video game oh, that yeah. has happened, and of course it Tappers is apparently the big like uh, you know, like the, you know how every time they go to Hollywood and movies they always go to that restaurant that's got the, the pictures oh, yeah. on the wall. Of course yeah. they've got that here with oh yeah you can see I Sonic enjoyed, and oh yeah I enjoyed that tons of little details in there. Um, and the fact that they made eight... That's, here's the other cool thing. When they zoom out to show a root beer tapper uh, delivering the root beer, they made 8-bit versions of characters who were not 8-bit <laughs> that are in that scene. Wow. And and then, you, okay, and like the end credits. The, uh, scene, the scene of the first-person shooter part where they're walking through, you know, the hero's duty. Yeah. But they they animated it like Doom. Oh yeah, Doom. that's right. Yeah, it's like okay, that is cool, and most people will not get that. Yeah, uh, and of course, beating up the uh, the car from Street Fighter, mm-hmm. and then Ralph goes to fight Blanca and gets electrocuted, and oh, then yeah. they use the Street Fighter font for the credits. There, that's cool. Uh, there's just tons and tons of stuff. Yeah, that the amount of detail that went into this movie to make it make sense. I mean, heck, the plugs that serve as the terminals mm-hmm. for the, them to go through look like they went and scanned an actual uh, uh, plug outlet terminal. Yeah, to actually to actually get the the detail of what that thing looks like. Um, it's just so amazing the detail in this movie that I can go on for hours about it yeah and i just have one interesting little question okay it's a stupid little thing and this is the only well this part little bugs me just a tiny bit but not enough to show up in my dislikes in um sugar rush when king candy's getting about to get into the code and he puts in the konami code as it's yeah. called it's the world's most famous cheat code yeah which for those who don't know even though i said it earlier up up down down left right left right b a start they show an NES controller there. I'm wondering if in Japan they used the Famicom controller. That could be a possibility. I hope they did because that's just another level of <laughs> you paid attention. You know what you're doing. Uh, anyway, sorry. Which actually, it doesn't really make sense in NES anyway because it's a Japanese-made game and it's beside the mm-hmm. point. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. What's your number three? Okay. Because I'm, I'm going to warn you, I'm going to have a hard time coming up with dislikes. Okay. All right. So my number three is actually the character's goals. The character's goals of, like, each character has a goal. Ha- their, go- their, 
they're mission oriented in a way mm-hmm. that you have Ralph who's feeling be like I've spent all I'll be like I've spent 30 years being you know the bad guy I want to be the good guy mm-hmm. goes turbo and you know just tries to do something different with his life and I think yeah. we all relate with that that you that you want to get out of the the uh, the muck and the mire of your own life and you want the be chocolate the chocolate as you will the, you know get out of you know get out of that in your life and do something different but at the same time be like you have all these other characters because of what Ralph does be like it triggers them to go or inspires them to do or what have you mm-hmm. to uh, kind of pursue you know something else that they they're not in their programming to do or in this case with Penelope it's be like she's you know her her own code has been uh, rewritten mm-hmm. or rejected and so now it's more of she's like she said be like I know I know I'm a racer because I know because I can feel it in my code yeah and uh, it's uh, Penelope Penelope's journey I'm always gonna try to say that wrong Penelope's journey of Penelope um, is a hard word to it say, is so it is a very hard it. word but um it's her journey. It's her journey mm-hmm. of uh, wanting to be a racer and know that she's being rejected by her own game, and uh, her her um, her odyssey of becoming the characters yeah. she's supposed to be. And you have uh, all these other characters of going through. Um, oh, what is the main character from uh, Heroes Duty? Captain Calhoun, Sergeant Calhoun. Yeah, Sergeant Calhoun. Be like her. Uh, uh, getting not getting past, but uh, growing uh, beyond her uh, her uh, her own personal pains, mm-hmm. her own personal pains, and learning to you know live again in a way, you know, even though it's her the most tragic backstory ever written. Yeah, be like it's it's that learning to live again and learning to love again, and um, which is and then you have you know Felix, yeah, Felix's journey of you know getting Ralph back and realizing that that he's put he's he finds himself put into a situation he's not used to and be mm-hmm. like, he's now be like, he's viewed as the villain. He's viewed as he'd be like, he's not the hero. And so he comes to an understanding of where Ralph is. Where Ralph is be like, he's living. Cause be like, they have that, that heart to heart moment in the, uh, in the fungeon mm-hmm. of where, uh, Felix is just feeling down. That'd be like, be like, you don't know what it means to, to be, uh, to be put down and to be, not you know be like and not and not respected in some way yeah and so ralph knows that and so they they have that that mutual understanding now it's like oh this is how ralph feels Mm -hmm. and so they they have this uh kind of a bonding kind of a bonding and that and that ultimately leads to penelope penelope uh you know coming into her own and then Mm -hmm. we have the uh the uh, revelation of uh king candy being turbo and yeah that whole you know how when you know how did he do this and uh it's it's i I love these characters journeys of you know where they were where they are now at the end of the movie and uh i might have a few negative things to say about record uh ralph bricks internet but we'll get that eventually at some point uh it's still a good movie it's got some issues yeah it's got some issues um but yeah be like it's our it's our, our it's it's our hero's journey it's mm-hmm. our hero's journey of where they start and where they end and um it's very satisfying where where that journey takes them and seeing how they develop into that character and i enjoy that okay all right so let's get into dislikes yes dislikes 
Most of my dislikes are going to be little nitpicks. Okay. Fair warning. And the first one is this. One of the cool things this movie does is that when they sh- need to show a character on a different game's screen than the one they come from, right? they go to the trouble of redrawing the character in that game's art style. You can kind of see this on uh, um, in the Root Beer Tapper screen when they show that. Uh, you can see this a lot in the end credits because their art styles change a lot yeah. during that. Uh, but then you get to when they're showing Turbo. Yeah. And they show him in, I can't remember the name of the game he wrecks, but they show him in that game. That game that he goes into and wrecks is a behind the, uh, behind the, is a second, uh, second person racer. Yeah. You're watching, you're behind the car the entire time. And then Turbo comes in in the his regular sprites mm-hmm. regular uh his, his look from the original game that's not how they've done it in the past now admittedly they want you to be certain that that's turbo so that's why they use this the, the same side art style but the fact that the art doesn't change there it's like i wish they had been a little bit better yeah about making that match but then at the same time it's a short segment it's not up there long but at the same time, all the other times they do it, it's it's short, too. In fact, it's shorter than right. this one. It's just that weird little thing. It's like, I wish this was different. And it kind of bugs me that they didn't go that extra mile to redesign Turbo in his cart. Yeah. In the other game's art style. But I can kind of let that go. It's just weird. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. What's your first dislike? All right. My first like Now, granted, this one's a nitpick. Mm-hmm. An extreme nitpick. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of John C. Riley's acting style because I, I just, for some reason, I just do not like his, he kind of comes, his, he's all come out one, he's a comedian, yeah. which that's not a, uh, 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 a bash against his acting. I'm, it's mm-hmm. not, I just like, I'm not biggest fan of it. I'm not a big fan of just, you know, goofy humor. I mean, I like humor that has kind of a, you know, Kind Point. of a jive to it, and his is kind of like, kind of a bland, kind mm-hmm. of a bland acting style. But it works for him. Yeah. It works for him. I just not a big fan of it. And uh, obviously, they wrote uh, uh, the part rec- for him, the character for him. And so you do have a lot of his scenes where it's just where he's kind of just meandering and talking, you know, kind of nonsensical about things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the hugest fan of that, but. I, I like it for the character. I'm just not the biggest fan of that kind of comedic style. Okay. And uh, yeah, there again, that's an extreme nitpick. An extreme nitpick. Uh, yeah. So what's your number two? My number two. And once again, like I said, this is a nitpick. They they put in characters that they obviously couldn't get the license to, so they changed them slightly so they weren't uh, those characters. Oh, yeah. But it's obvious who those characters are supposed right. to be. Uh, one of the weird ones is the fact that they have Kano from Mortal Kombat in there. Obviously, while they did get a lot rights to a lot of games that Warner Brothers right. holds the rights to. Yeah. They probably could have gotten Mortal Kombat if they'd have done it, but at the same time, I understand why they would not have wanted yeah. to actually put Mortal Kombat in this game. Yeah. In this movie. That would have been weird. But the guy is still in there, and he even does 
a fatality on the zombie, so he's pulling out the zombie's yeah. heart. Yeah. So that still kind of works. Oh, yeah, that's right. But it's like, I know what that's a reference to, and I hate that you had to change it just enough so you didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. And there's lots of those little bitty characters, like in the background of stuff, yeah. background scenes, and I, in especially in uh, Grand Central Term- Station. Uh, and so that's kind of disappointing. It's like, I know who this is supposed to be, and it's kind of there. Yeah. And then there's Satine. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I kind of, in some ways, like the Satine joke, because that's kind mm-hmm. of a little bit of meta humor, if you don't know yeah. your video game history. is mm-hmm. uh, He's based on, essentially the devil from the game ghouls and ghosts okay they changed the characters in japan it is actually the devil okay is who you're is who the main villain of that game is but when it was brought over here to america they had to take out all the religious references because you didn't they didn't want to piss anybody off right but they couldn't change really because of how the the thing was set up they couldn't really change the look of that final boss so they just changed his name to something like in this one to like something like Satin yeah. instead of Satan. Well, I appreciate that attention to detail and most right. people wouldn't get. The fact of the matter is you have a Disney movie with the line from the protagonist that says, thanks, Satan. <laughs> and it's like, I, I get the joke. But I kind of wish this wasn't here. <laughs> it's a weird thing, and it's only messes with me because I was like, I get what you're doing. I get understand it more than every single adult. Who, not every single adult, but most of the adults that are going to watch this movie right. with their kids. I understand the joke, and I wish you hadn't have done it <laughs> because it's like I don't. There's a small part. It's like, do I want? Do I, do I want to support a movie where the protagonist says, thanks, Satan? <laughs> Despite the fact it's not even Satan in yeah. reality. I yeah. Because it's a character right. representation that they went and changed the name for the American release of whatever game he's coming from. Right. Because at the same time, this is not Ghouls and Ghosts. Okay. Satan. This is, I don't remember what, I think there's, because I think he's just called the devil in Ghouls and Ghosts. Nerds everywhere are going to be ripping me up and down for getting this wrong. I know Probably. they are. I don't care. I know they changed the name because they always had to change religious references. And I don't even know if they did that in the arcades that much. I think it was an NES thing primarily. Probably. Nintendo changed that stuff all the time because they didn't allow any religious references. Yeah. But it's it's weird. It's just, it's I like it. I don't like it. I don't like that the line exists for the joke. Anyway. Yeah. It's a cool reference. Yeah, it's a cool reference. It's a cool reference. I just... I love it. I love they go into that much detail. And anytime I were to watch it with somebody who didn't know what the joke was, I wouldn't have to explain the joke. <laughs> it's more than just, oh, it's, I'm not Satan, I'm Satin. It's like, no, there's a reason why he's Satin. <laughs> it's a reference to this stupid little thing. Anyway. All right. What's your number two dislike? All right. My number two dislike, and it's really not a dislike, it's more of a question. Mm-hmm. It's like a, burning question i will see if i can answer all right so we have this understanding that turbo and the other game got shut off yes and so 
we're really not given an explanation of how Turbo came into the Sugar Rush, reprogrammed it in order to make it his world. So we're kind of left with that how, where, when, again, you, how. I, I agree that it it's would, never really explained. It would be nice if we had at least some explanation of how he got from the game he messed up because mm-hmm. the game he messed up was yeah. really bad. Yeah, and plus shouldn't he have been deleted? Well, except we can't we don't know if he actually died in that game. Well, when they when they impl- well but if, he, if you he, see the- but if he and escaped from yeah. the game before he got fully unplugged, which is possible because I mean, look how many of uh, Sugar Rush people escaped before it almost got unplugged. True. Um, and he could have gotten out because I mean, he's in a he's in a race car. He can drive pretty fast. Yeah. And we, that that exit could have been fairly close to where he was. Yeah. You never know. You never know. And I would be willing to bet probably the racers that he hit probably uh, were able to escape too. We don't know. We didn't see that. Other than that, they're probably dead. Who knows? Yeah. Or reset. Probably more than likely. Yeah. But um, it would be nice to have seen how he got from escaping whatever that other game is that we can't remember the name of. Yeah. Got over, hid long enough for Sugar Rush to be plugged in. Because that's the other thing that's not explained is that other game that replaced Turbo Time. Yeah. Had to have been plugged in sometime in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. I'm thinking just from the graphic style, early 90s. Yeah. Sugar Rush being GameCube era graphics is going to be somewhere in the 2000s. Yeah. So he Turbo hung out and hid in Grand Central Station for a long time. Yeah, had to. Probably was in other games. Probably what happened is he went into other games mm-hmm. and figured out how to get in there and reprogram stuff. Yeah. But all his mess-ups probably caused those games to crash and he had to escape again. Yeah. So he pro- who knows how many games he killed. Yeah. In and then to- finally when he figured, learned how to do everything, it happened to be when Sugar Rush, and Sugar Rush, Sugar Rush was at least a racing game he knew how to do that sort of stuff yeah and make it and act the part so he designed the character and all that stuff and did all the reprogramming over there yeah it's kind of odd that a character can reprogram the game from inside the game yeah but that is different yeah cheat codes aren't that magic a portal yeah agreed so (laughs) it's not a game shark yeah so what is your number three uh my number three is the ending. Okay. It's a because see here's the thing. Like I said earlier. Okay. When you die outside of your game, you don't regenerate. Right. Rule is established early on. Agreed. The Qbert characters are not in their game. Their game was unplugged a long time ago. Yeah. I'm assuming due to Turbo. I don't know this. Who knows? <laughs> but they're not in their game. If they die. For any reason, they're permanently dead. Oh, yeah. So, while I applaud Ralph and Felix and the rest of the Nicelanders taking them in to give them a place to stay, they put them, they had them help out in the bonus level as the things you got to defeat in the bonus level if you're a player. Yeah. Which means you're going to be killing them. Yeah. 
And if you're not a part of the original game's code, I'm assuming, I mean, admittedly, who knows, maybe after King Candy got boost uh got killed maybe they found his directions for reprogramming was able to program the characters into the game it's not shown all we can go off of is what the movie gives us which is they're still not in their game they've been put into another game and they're somehow not dying yeah it's just kind of weird they went turbo they went turbo themselves which is kind of weird yeah that is when they show how and and this is not and like we said they go on to even go worse turbo later on in the other next movie yeah but I guess if you're not the villain, I don't think it's the villain because I don't think Turbo time, Turbo was a villain in his game. No, but he turned into a he villain. He became a villain, yeah. but he wasn't a villain in his game, so he should And that's why it's called going Turbo cuz Turbo went into another game and broke it accidentally. Yeah. And that's the thing. It was an accident. He didn't mean to break that game. You can oh, yeah. tell that. He was mad at it. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. It's he wanted players to play his game, but he wasn't trying to take the game out, I don't think. No. He was just trying to stay in the spotlight because one thing you can tell from his character, especially as his King King Candy persona, he wants to be in the spotlight. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, he'd have taken, I don't know, Taffeta's place or yeah. Candlehead. One of them other characters that nobody's going to remember. Yeah. And he put him in there. And it's like, yeah, he could have hid there for a while, but no, he's got to be the center of attention. Oh, yeah. I forgot what my point was. Mm. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, it's the ending. Yeah, that's what I was ending. getting into. The ending. Um, the very ending when they lift him up over the shoulders and he sees her racing, that's cool. That's yeah. a great moment. But some of that epilogue, it's like, ah, uh, that's not how it works yeah <laughs> you're breaking your own rules yeah i, I agree with but you. they are but, he, and, but here's the weird thing they are this is a nitpick because despite the fact in this movie they are starting to break their own rules it's not breaking the rules enough to make me hate the movie because oh, i yeah. still absolutely love this movie oh yeah absolutely there's just little bitty dark spots at the end of it and yep. in certain spots it's like that could have been a touch better but i'll let it go Jacob, what's your third dislike? My third dislike is actually, it's, there again, it's more of a nitpick. It's outside of the game, actually. Mm-hmm. It's actually a game within the game, which at one point you could actually play, which is Sugar Rush. Yeah. You could actually download a, uh, a version of the game on your, your phone, your ISO, or your Windows phone in order to play it. And when that came out, I was like, "Ooh, I really love that because I love racer games. Mm-hmm. I've always loved them." But I apparently didn't, now, I didn't know you were a racing game person. Oh yeah, I like racing games. Bill, like, we're gonna if, have to play some Mario Kart. Yeah, I, Bill, I, I prefer more the the steering wheel and that kind of stuff to give more a you know physical feel to it. I will find you the little steering wheel to shove the Joy-Con. Okay into. then. Okay then. Um, won't help you with pedals, but no. But apparently that that was available to download for years until recently mm-hmm. and now you can't even find it anywhere unless it's a hack or something like that and so i well, find i find that, that disappointing was, that game at this point would be eight years old yeah it'd be eight years old cell phones are uh advancing so fast it could be that the modern cell phones can't play that game that could be a possibility but it's just it's kind of sad when i when i when I finally got around to be like, oh, I really want to play this game, it wasn't available. 
and so it was it's probably it's been a, riddled with ads by now anyway yeah who knows but i was just, i was just kind of probably the servers are down that's a possibility but at the same time be like it's it's like those games that get deleted or uh mm-hmm. they are uh delisted yeah is de- the actual term yeah delisted and uh it's like, ooh, that sounds like a really good game, but you can't play it anymore yeah. unless, unless you have a physical copy or you've downloaded it before and it's still on your Welcome hard drive. to my world. <laughs> you know how many games I always wanted to play that I can't now because nobody will release it? <laughs> and Game Exchange doesn't have it because the game is so rare they'll never put it out. Because it's games too, it can be sold for 250 bucks. That's absurd. <laughs> Stinking rarity games. Sorry, go ahead. Either way, that's just that was one of the very small. I was there again, most minor nitpicks that be like you can't play Sugar Rush anymore, and I really wanted to play Sugar Rush, and now the only thing I can do is watch a someone a, like a ten minute you know playthrough, which is like I really want to play this game, but can game. I give you a little bit of uh, hope? Okay, in a way, what Mario Kart Eight and Mario Kart Eight Deluxe on Switch? Yeah, has a track. Well, that, while not officially based on Sugar Rush, okay, you know, was had to have been included because of because of Sugar Rush, okay, because it is very much that area. It's not the exact track, yeah, mind you, and but they have it's heavily inspired, heavily by. inspired by. It is kind of a fun track to drive on, yeah. Okay, so yeah, there is at least that. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll eventually get around to you know playing because I've. You know, there again, I live but, right over yeah, there. Yes, I'm aware of this, my friend. Knock on the door. I'll hook the switch up. <laughs> okay. Either way, I think that comes to uh, our conclusion of yes. our review. Mm-hmm. All right. So going into our ranking, what do you rank? 9.5. Ah. I want so badly to rank it a 10 <laughs> of course this sounds like one of your like you said before it's like one of your favorite disney it's films. my favorite it is my favorite it's just not perfect <laughs> so i can't in my right mind make it make it a 10 yeah it's very close it's 9.5 it's like you are almost perfect enough i wouldn't care yeah i can't give it a 10 just because there are minor <laughs> issues and it goes like, oh yeah, it's that scene. It's that little thing they could have tweaked. It's that little thing they could. I can't. It's I, all those nitpicks. It's the nitpicks, and it's not that the nitpicks in the in and of themselves are causing it. It's the right. fact that they build up to a point where they fill up. They they make it where I can't give it. To, it's not that I. Here's the thing: if we weren't limiting ourselves to. A distance of 0.5 between each rankings. Yeah. This would be a 9.9. Okay. That's how close. Oh, okay. But I have to give it 9.5 because there's not a ranking between 9.5 and 10, yeah. and I can't give it 10. I gotcha. So, yeah. Nearly 10. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, okay. It's 9.5. Oh, okay. So, mine's going to be a little bit lower than yours. Now, it's it's nothing that be like, oh, I hate this get this movie or what have you. I enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoy this movie. It's one of those movies I pop in every year just because I enjoy it so much. I can play in the background. It's so mm-hmm. much fun. Uh, an eight eight point five. There again, eight point five is a very high ranking, very very high ranking star, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, ranking of this movie. I enjoy it. I enjoy it so much. There again, like I said before, uh, 
and not to you know any be like it does have little faults here and there like every film does uh it's not my favorite film of all time i know it's yours I know it's your favorite animated movie. It's my like favorite some, Disney. Yeah, movie. Disney, Disney, specifically movie. Disney. Yeah, there's other things that bypass this movie. Oh. believe it or not. Oh yeah, yeah. Be like there again. I enjoy. This I mean, stuff. Totoro exists. Oh yeah, <laughs> Totoro is amazing. Totoro is amazing. Yeah, thank you again for uh, introducing me to that movie. Yes. That was incredible. Either ways, uh, I enjoyed this film. Uh, but like, I probably had to break it down. You just be like, you know. Bit by bit, or you know, what bit have by bit, huh? Yeah, bit by bit, and to uh, dissect this movie of uh, why I'm not giving it a nine point five. Mm. Uh, but there again, I enjoy this film. It's it these lack words enjoyable. It's an enjoyable film. It's a it's a heartwarming story that just it it tugs in your heartstrings about our character's journey and the. Um, the the journey to become a hero mm-hmm. from the from Ralph's perspective, and I enjoy so many aspects of this film. But it, there again, be like I really can't get into why I'm not going to give it a you know a nine point five 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 what have you. But there again, I enjoy this film. I enjoy it. I love the movie tremendously. And uh, for anybody who out there who has not watched Record Ralph. Go watch it. You can watch it on Disney Plus or go pick it up on physical. It's still available. It's out of the vault. I don't think it was ever out of the vault. No, it wasn't. No, but yeah, go enjoy this film. It's it is a load of fun. If you're like I don't see where someone who would not enjoy this film. So go enjoy it. Watch it. Have fun with it. So yeah, that's my eight point five on Record Ralph. All right, so it's time to roll for our next movie. Okay. And we have a problem. Uh-oh. Here's the problem. We have two movies that have over six, uh, have been on the list for six six times. Okay. So we need to figure out which of these two are going to be the one that grows. Okay. So, with your permission, I think if we roll the same dice and it comes up even... It's uh, Kung Fu Panda, and if it's odd, Oliver and Company. Okay. So, uh, if you'll roll. Kung Fu Panda is going to move into spot six. Ah. So, that means, as the way it lands right now, we've got the Muppet movie uh, at number one, Kung Fu Panda at number two, Oliver and Company at number three, Aladdin at number four, the Good Dinosaur at five, and uh, Kung Fu Panda again at six. Okay. This was my movie, so it is your role. All right. Number three. Oliver and Company. Yay! Why should I worry? Why should I care? Okay. <laughs> so uh, join us next week when we review that particular movie. Yes. Kind of go back to the 80s. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page. On Twitter at Jacob B. Heron. On Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. And on Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? 
Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, the Cellcast podbean.com where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our RSS feed, if we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community, where we talk about both animated and live-action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim, at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast, where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say the cell cast, that is with a single L. Next time on... Francis. Francis. Not Frank. Not Frankie. Francis. No kidding, man. Hey, so what did you bring in today, Francis? It's none of your business, you intrusive little pipsqueak. Look what I got. A good show, Einstein. Now all we need is the court and the net. You think this place is big enough? Hey, come on. What we need is some good quality stuff, man. Check it out. You shredded leather. Shredded what? What you talking about, man? That's a primo wallet, man. Rubbish, you mean? All right, that does it, Frankie, man. You insulted my pride. That means death. Behold. Cut it out, you two. Fagan's not going to be too happy about this. So, Francis, you got the food, right? Uh, well, no, I... Oh, Frankie, oh, it was your turn to get the food today. It's newspaper burritos again. <laughs>